0: Welcome to A Shower of Roses, I'm Jenna, your host. On this podcast, we read together the readings for the upcoming Sunday Mass in the Roman Catholic Church, so that when you walk into Mass on Sunday, you feel enlightened and empowered with the knowledge of the Gospel that you need to have a meaningful and personal experience with Christ every week. I'm Catholic, but you certainly don't have to be to listen to this podcast. The Gospel is for anyone, anywhere, at any state of life. We're so glad you're here. This episode of the podcast is brought to you by Sock Religious. I don't know if you guys have ever been to this website called Sock Religious, but it is exactly what it sounds like. It is socks with Catholic saints and things on them. I'm on their website right now and I'm looking at pictures of St. Therese on socks, John Paul II on socks, Our Lady of Guadalupe on socks, Mother Teresa on socks. It is literally socks with saints on them. And like, what a better way to walk about your day than with the saints on your feet. I love it so much. And I, I really think you guys will like it too. Use the code ROSES at checkout for 10% off your order. That's R-O-S-E-S at SockReligious.com for 10% off your order. Again, that's SockReligious.com. Welcome back to the podcast. Today, we're going to be reading the readings for the fourth Sunday of Advent in year B of the Roman Catholic Church. And this week, I am joined by a super special guest. I have with me Julia Strockley from Seven Mile Chats. How are you, Julia?
1: I'm great. Thank you for having me. It's so good to be here.
0: Thank you so much for joining me. I'm so excited, too. I'm thrilled. Um, Could you tell us a little bit about yourself and uh, your podcast and your faith?
1: Sure, awesome. So my name is Julia Struckley. I'm originally from Cleveland, Ohio, but I currently live in Richmond, Virginia. I um, went to the Catholic University of America, so I spent some time in D.C. after graduation. I got both my bachelor's and my master's from Catholic. My bachelor's is in media studies and my master's is in theology. And I'm really fortunate because I get to use both degrees in my current job. I am a middle school teacher in Richmond here at a Catholic school I have a background in youth ministry, and um, I taught high school for a while when I was living in D.C. or outside of D.C. And now at the middle school, I teach both scripture and I also teach a media literacy and journalism class, which I'm, I, I love. I get to use both of my degrees because not many people can say that. I think that they actually use the degree that they got. Um, and my faith has always been a big part of who I am. I grew up Catholic, was raised Catholic. Um, I was involved in youth group when I was in high school. And when I went to Catholic University, obviously it was a big part. I was, um, um campus ministry paid a, played a big role, um, while I was there. I, uh, discerned religious life actually for a minute. I was a postulant with the Daughters of St. Paul in the 2000s. Uh, it was not for me, it was not my vocation. Um, but it was like I explained, it was a, a clean, good breakup. You know, everyone was like, we're still friendly, we're still on good terms. And, um, and my faith, I, I feel now I get to live my faith. Um, as an independent single woman. And I I love all the things that God has called me to do. So recently, the podcast has been something that God has called me to do. uh, But I've done lots of things. I'm a blogger. I give presentations at my parish here in Richmond and for the faculty at school. Um, I've worked with uh, the National Catholic Education Association. I um, give retreats for liturgy training publications. And, uh, I'm a music minister too. I sing and play piano. So I sub at parishes around the diocese and I've always, music's been a big part of my life too. So that's a little bit about me or a lot about me. I'm not sure, but <laughs> that's the synopsis.
0: <laughs> that's awesome. I did not know that you discern. How long were you a postulant?
1: Um, not even a year, but oh, okay. uh, the, yeah, the discernment process was longer than that. Like I did take a good year and a half to really discern and then decide to enter. And I loved the discernment process that definitely formed me, which is the goal, you know, to find if that's your vocation or not. And I feel like it definitely accomplished that. So, yeah. That's really cool.
0: So Mm -hmm. could you tell us a little bit about Seven Mile Chats? Like what was the inspiration and what is your podcast
1: about? Sure. It's also a scripture based podcast. So if you like this, (laughs) you might also like uh, to check it out. But um, I have my guests pick a scripture passage. It can be any, you know, whether it's going along with the liturgical cycle or not, they can pick just a passage that's really important to them and that they want to talk about. And uh, yeah, since I teach scripture, I give a little bit of historical context about the passage. And then we just have a conversation kind of like this. And it was started in quarantine this year because I am a teacher. I wasn't sure what the fall was going to look like. Summer usually for me is lots of traveling and that didn't happen. So I was starting to get, and I do... I am single. So I was starting to get a little bored. And so I was like, I want to educate. I want to still grow in my faith. How can I do that during quarantine? And it's been great because I get to connect with people like you, who I haven't even really met in real life, but we've connected over Instagram and zoom. And, uh, yeah, it's been a really, I don't know how long God will call me to this ministry, but I feel like right now it's, it's definitely where he wants me to be. And I'm happy to do it. And I'm excited. So, so awesome.
0: This is gonna be a
1: really good episode then because I think so. I hope so. I'm a nerd. I'm a super nerd for scripture. Yes, so it's I apologize.
0: All right. So everyone prepare. It's just this is just gonna be me and Julia nerding out about scripture. Totally. And especially I'm so glad you're on for this week because the fourth, the last, you know, like the last week of Advent, the readings are always so good and they're so good yeah. this week too. So I'm super excited. Yay. Awesome. Thanks so much for sharing about you and your podcast. Um you want to jump on into the readings?
1: Yeah, absolutely. So the first reading is from the second book of Samuel. And um, yeah, like you said, the readings for this, this fourth week as we get closer to Christmas are beautiful. And I'm very excited when I found out that I was going to be on for this week. So when, David, when King David was settled in his palace and the Lord had given him rest from his enemies on every side, he said to Nathan the prophet, here I am living in a house of cedar while the ark of God dwells in a tent. Nathan answered the king, go do whatever you have in mind, for the Lord is with you. But but that night, the Lord spoke to Nathan and said, go tell my servant David, thus says the Lord, should you build me a house to dwell in? It was I who took you from the pasture and from the care of the flock to be commander of my people Israel. I've been with you wherever you went, and I've destroyed all your enemies before you. And I will make you famous like the great ones of the earth. I will fix a place for my people Israel. I will plant them so that they may dwell in their place without further disturbance. Neither shall the wicked continue to afflict them as they did of old since the time I first appointed judges over my people Israel. I will give you rest from all your enemies. The Lord also reveals to you that he will establish a house for you. And when your time comes and you rest with your ancestors, I will raise up your heir after you sprung from your loins and I will make his kingdom firm. I will be a father to him, and he shall be a son to me. Your house and your kingdom shall endure forever before me. Your throne shall stand firm forever. The word of the Lord.
0: Thanks be to God. Yeah. Any thoughts about this reading?
1: I kind of get like chills at the end a little bit because when you, when he's starting to say the covenant part, when God is explaining the covenant part that I will that I will be a father to him, and he shall be a son to me, because that's literally what we see in the incarnation of Jesus, and it's just beautiful. When I teach scripture, I, I love teaching Old Testament. The stories are always very fun, and the characters are very flawed and complicated, but they all ultimately point us to Jesus. And when can I make that, con- I can make that connection, and my students can make that connection. It's just one of those moments. So, like when I read this last that line, just we're. Christ is being described and connected as the Son, and that David is has a connection to Him. I don't know that that's huge for me. Um, also, the part about the the covenant. I'm teaching Exodus right now with my students. We're finishing up that chapter. So the Ark of the Covenant is very much on my mind, and David. Even though he was a flawed character, always had such a heart for God. He wanted to mm-hmm. always build this dwelling place. He built Jerusalem as this holy city, to, so the Ark would have a proper place. And he seemed so obsessed with that. And God's kind of telling him here, like, "Yes, great, a place will be great, but um, I'm I'm sending something much bigger. I'm sending Christ. I'm sending. I'm going to complete this this kingdom." Um, not just a temporary kingdom, but a kingdom that's eternal, that's not going to end. Um, so those are the things that most stand out to me, that kind of uh, reference to Christ at the end and the genealogy, and then also the, the dwelling place that David wants to build. How about you? What stands
0: yeah. out for you? <laughs> yeah, I, I, what you said at first stuck out to me as well, like, you know, sometimes God is symbolic, but then when he's like, I will be a father to him and he shall be my son. Like that's quite literal. Like <laughs> God right. is going to be, father. you know, the father is going to be father to, to Jesus. Um, I love this reading because it does, it's going to connect so well to the gospel about, you know, like establishing this lineage coming from David all mm-hmm. the way to Jesus. But also at the beginning, when you were reading about the tabernacle, mm-hmm. I'm instantly thinking about Mary. Right. you know, pregnant Mary. And mm-hmm. I just love that. And I love that David recognizes that it's not right for mm-hmm. him to be, you know, in his warm house when God is outside like in a tent, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, And I think that has so much to do like with Mary In that like we, I love this about our Catholicism that we reverence her so much Um instead of just like, you know, ignoring her like She's not mm-hmm. just a nobody. Like she was the, mm-hmm. the tabernacle that brought Jesus into the world. Um, and then Absolutely. it also, yeah, it makes me think about um, like how we reverence tabernacles like in general, like in our churches and how, you know, when we pass in front of the tabernacle, we should always like either bow or kneel, um, you know, in reverence because like it's so
1: easy to forget what's in there. You know, like Jesus is physically
0: dwelling in there,
1: um, yeah, so that's a so just- spoiler, everyone. The gospel today is Annunciation <laughs> <laughs> and talking yes. about Mary, if you didn't already know, but i like I was going to make that connection too, after we talk about the Gospel with the ark because we do reference Mary as the Ark of the Covenant for this reason because she was the physical dwelling place for yes. Christ, and then ourselves too, you know we when we consume the Eucharist as Catholics we become those dwelling places, and so um especially during advent thinking about how do we respect one another do we honor one another as those dwelling places for christ you know not just when we receive the eucharist especially when we receive the eucharist but i mean we always um by our baptism and by just being a creation of god whether <laughs> you know baptized or not um we we should respect one another because we all house god in our own ways so we're all those dwelling places um the the physical dwelling place definitely is on my brain because, again, Exodus and Moses is the one who kind of like sets up the tents and they're very nomadic in the beginning, setting up these tents for God. And so it is it is cool that David wants to build a proper place, you know, and he recognizes that. And that's part of his his spirit, even though he's he's flawed. He's not perfect. He's we know of David's sins in the Old Testament, too, um, which also gives me hope. And hope is something we focus on an advent that even someone flawed like David God sees his heart and has always seen his heart from the beginning. Mm-hmm. Know, so. Yeah. Uh, it's, cool.
0: Yeah. David is such a good, um, yeah. not a role model, but, but a, just a mm-hmm. huge, like a good person to look at and be like, he was human. And like, yep. God still favored him among all the mm-hmm. Kings. David is yep. still the greatest. Mm-hmm. Even, even after he has committed adultery, not that that condones it, but it's like, Redemption is still, mm-hmm. you know, possible.
1: Absolutely, we live like, and I've I'm, this is kind of one of my soapboxes is cancel culture, and I just for me it's so like against what as as a Christian believe because we're a people of redemption and second chances, and you see that in a character like David. Like, had he been canceled on the first, you know, first try. We wouldn't have this Davidic kingdom. We wouldn't have the temple that his son is gonna build. We wouldn't have, you know, so much of our faith. So um, anyways, <laughs> that's a whole other podcast for another time. <laughs>
0: true. It's so true. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Awesome. Okay, cool. Um, you ready to go on to the second reading?
1: I am. I, know, I'm, I don't know how nerdy you want me to get, so I'm kind of holding back a little bit. But no, I good, yeah, no, do you feel no. It, if there
0: something else you wanted to add to the first reading, go right ahead. No, I
1: think we did. I think we did well with that. Did it, justice. With that. Yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> okay, cool. So we'll go on to the second reading, which is from the letter to the Romans, chapter 16, verses 25 to 27. Brothers and sisters, to him who can strengthen you, according to my gospel and the proclamation of Jesus Christ, according to the revelation of the mystery kept secret for long ages, but now manifested through the prophetic writings and according to the command of the eternal God made known to all nations to bring about the obedience of faith to the only wise God through Jesus Christ, be glory forever and ever. Amen.
1: Amen. So gotta yeah, love St. Paul with his like run on sentence. I think that, passage is just one long run on sentence he just does it all the time and I also am a queen of run on sentences and I feel like I just my daughter's of St. Paul days I feel very Pauline and connected to Paul and that's one of the ways that we are connected (laughs) love a run on (laughs) sentence um and I also I always I so I do these virtual retreats um for liturgy training publications where we do kind of something similar we look at the Sunday readings um and that's something I can plug at the end, but if people like that kind of format, but it is funny how we always have these really rich old Testament readings that link up so perfectly with the gospel. And then I find we always get like this kind of weird, obscure, you know, Pauline letter in the middle. That's like, how, what, at, I mean, <laughs> I don't know yeah, if you agree with that. that like what we-
0: loosely relates sometimes. Yes. Yeah.
1: I mean, this, this one, I, I will say it, you know, there's not going to be a ton to say about it, but there is that connect. And obviously Paul is saying like all those prophecies that you've heard in the old Testament, they connect to Christ. And I mean, that's pretty much what he's saying is that this prop, this, these prophetic writings from the past are going to be made perfect through Jesus. And I mean, I don't know, that's kind of what, <laughs> what that's I get. What it from is. This. Yeah.
0: Yeah. <laughs> um... I'm thinking about this line where he says, according to the revelation of the mystery kept secret for Mm. long ages, but now manifested. Mm -hmm. Um, And looking at the footnotes, like, I don't know, when you read that, I was like, what's the mystery? Um, Mm -hmm. And the footnotes say that Paul's gospel, and interesting that they call it a gospel, by the way, but Mm -hmm. I think they just mean like the whole of his preaching. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Um, Paul's gospel reveals the mystery kept secret for long ages, justification and salvation through faith, with all the implications for Jews and Gentiles that Mm -hmm. Paul has developed in the letter. So the the letter to the Romans is very much about justification for both Jews Mm -hmm. and Gentiles, not just through following the laws, but... Mm -hmm through faith in Christ. That's what, that's how we earn our salvation. Any thoughts on that or like?
1: Yeah, I mean, that was a huge thing in a lot of Paul's letters and other letters in the New Testament, I feel like addressed this because that was something that was such a tension back then. Some people thought that just the Jewish Christians had you know, claim to Christ. And then Paul was going to all these um, Gentile communities like the Romans who maybe didn't have the Jewish Jewish background and was just saying like, no, our Christ is for you too. And mm-hmm. so, and then, you know, then it was like, well, what rituals do we fall? A lot of the the Jewish Christians were holding on to these um, these particular Jewish rituals. And a lot of our rituals today are based in, in Judaism, but there was a lot of arguing. And so many Paul's letters are kind of sorting out like, hey, what rituals do we want to keep? Which ones aren't necessarily important to our, our new thing that we're forming? So it is It is beautiful when you think about, like, they were really kind of figuring out and forming this this new faith, Christianity, um, and Paul got to be such a, a part of that. But I think a lot of his letters are spent time just kind of sifting through. Yeah. Um, but but ultimately, the message is that it's for everybody. You don't have to have, have been, you know, through those rituals as a Jewish person. You can get baptized as a Christian now with us and, and have the same name. Right.
0: So. And I think that's so cool about him that he is called the Apostle to the Gentiles because he was not even a Gentile. He wasn't a Gentile. He was the most no, he was Jewish Jew. Yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah. he, he was, a, he was a, a Jewish scripture scholar. Like He was mm-hmm. super dedicated to his Jewish faith. And so I just find it so incredible that he was such an advocate for the mm-hmm. Gentiles you know, being okay. welcomed into this Christian family. Um, that's a really good point. I think... Yeah.
1: You know, we talk about Paul's conversion a lot, and that he made this huge change of heart from his Jewish ways to embracing Christ fully, persecuting um, Jews into to embrace or Christians into embracing it. Uh, but that's a good point too that that not only was he converted to believe in Christ, but then he was converted to really be so inclusive to everyone. You know that his his gospel is is good news is for everyone. He was completely converted, and I love seeing how some again. No canceling, right? If we would have canceled Paul, we would have been done. We wouldn't have gotten any of this stuff. So I'm very anti-cancel right now.
0: (laughs) I love it. And I love you for bringing that out. Thank you. (laughs) Um, Anything else you want to mention with this reading before we go on?
1: I mean, I love Paul, but again, it's kind of obscure. And I feel like he's pretty straightforward here. (laughs) Yes. Yeah. All right. Cool. I think we did a good job. We did.
0: All right, so let's go on to the gospel, which is from Luke chapter 1, verses 26 to 38. Awesome.
1: Angel Gabriel was sent from God to a town of Galilee called Nazareth to a virgin betrothed to a man named Joseph of the house of David. And the virgin's name was Mary. And coming to her, he said, hail, full of grace. The Lord is with you. But she was greatly troubled at what was said and pondered what sort of greeting this might be. And the angel said to her in reply, the Holy Spirit will come upon you and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. Therefore, the child to be born will be called Holy, the Son of God. And behold, Elizabeth, your relative, has also conceived a son in her old age. And this is the sixth month for her who was called barren, for nothing will be impossible for God. Mary said, behold, I am the handmaid of the Lord. May it be done to me according to your word. Then the angel departed from her. The Gospel of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Yeah. Um, cool. so obviously connections right to the we, we talked about the Ark of the Covenant already, but then here you have the the direction, like when Gabriel responds to her, that you will you will have a connection to the throne of David, his father, and he'll rule over the house of Jacob forever. So really connecting what, what Paul said that Jesus is the fulfillment of these old prophet, prophetic, you know, covenants. And here we there's even Gabriel is saying like he is the fulfillment of the Davidic covenant. Um.
0: Yeah. And I love that because it comes through because Joseph is of the house of David. Right. And even though Jesus isn't his biological son, like in this time, like when you, when you married someone that had, you know, either a widow or someone that had a child, like, that you marrying her and like adopting that child, it was so much more Um, like that child was treated as if it was biologically yours. And mm-hmm. so Jesus by, you know, being the son of Mary, but Joseph by extension, like him being married to her. I mean, it was like, no question. Like, of course this kid has is in the line and, and Mary mm-hmm. as well become part of this family lineage. Mm -hmm. Um, like that's how serious marriage was. And, you know, obviously we hope it still is, but I think there's still like this stigma around adoption that really in Jesus's time in this culture was not. So it was Mm -hmm. really like everything that was Joseph's was, was Jesus's, you Mm -hmm. know,
1: that's a really good point. I mean, there's so much in here, right? There's so much that comes from this gospel. You have the cards and many that's like, the whole reason we believe that Mary is conceived without original sin herself. When Gabriel says to her full of grace, I think mm. I, I meditate on that. And I think about like what that means. Um, you know, grace is something that is given to us as a gift to help us overcome sin and to like fight against sin and, and to get rid of our sin. And for her, for him to say that she is completely full of grace, it makes sense that we would teach that because that is to say that she doesn't have any sin. She's completely full of, of grace. Um, and it makes sense connecting to the Ark of the Covenant thing that we were talking about earlier too. If David wants to build this perfect place for God to dwell, then Mary would be this perfect vessel that God dwells in, you know. Um, so and you can respond to that. I think that those are like the main things of this passage.
0: Yes, to that to me. Um, Dr. Ed Sree has a really good series on Mary. And mm-hmm. his video on the Immaculate Conception really helped me understand like where we get this teaching from. And he talks about this line where, where the angel says, hail full of grace. And the in the original text, like in the original language, that phrase full of grace isn't just like a title yeah. or like a term of endearment. It's or an a greeting. Ident- yeah. yeah, or a greeting, right. It's like an identifier that indicates that it actually started not just right now mm-hmm. like me calling you like hey buddy it's right. like this is something that hap- that started a long time ago
1: yeah and that's it's a good part point of too your identity,
0: you know yeah because
1: we're we're all kind of temporarily full of grace when we have just come out of confession right, or, or received receive the, the eucharist, eucharist or yes. baptized But for us, you know, the concupiscence quickly, like it just, you know, it takes over. But so that's a really good point that that term and everything in the Greek is so specific. Yes. English loses so much of the meaning. So I think um, I, as a teacher and as someone who does uh, presentations for parishes and things like that, this is always a phrase that comes up. So, you know, I I would agree with that. That's something I'm constantly explaining. And I feel, I don't know, I feel like we do a pretty good job explaining why why we teach what we teach as Catholics.
0: And it makes sense. Cause she yeah. the next line is she was greatly troubled and pondered. Yeah. She doesn't understand how, what do yeah. you mean? I am this, this title full of grace. Like that's why it's, that's why it's,
1: she's pondering it. Cause it's, a, it's something yeah. that she's never heard before. You know, and I love I love that because I'm I'm going to be honest. I've always kind of struggled with uh, my relationship with Mary. I think a lot of Catholics it's just like a given. It's like you love Mary because you're Catholic, and I do. I've always been taught to honor her and revere her. But in terms of my relationship, I've never really. I, it took me a long time to get there. Mm. Um, I consider myself, you know, the strong, independent woman. And for me, the character of Mary was always presented to to me and kind of a meek and feeble way almost. And that her yes was just like a kind of submissive and it is submissive, but I had negative connotations with that. Um, But that line about pondering is what makes me, wins me over because I'm a very curious analytical person. And she doesn't just like blindly submit. She asks a question. She's practical. She wants to know like, literally, how is this going to be? Because I haven't had relations with a man. And then, you know, Gabriel answers her. And it's, I always teach this alongside the Hariah passage that's earlier, the Annunciation of John the Baptist. If you put these side by side, they're pretty identical. But Zachariah's question is more demanding. And like, how shall I know this? Well, why would you need to know it? You're married. Like you, you know, you. I mean, you, you have all these things where Mary doesn't have those in place. And she mm. just kind of asks the logistical question of like, how can this be? Because I'm a virgin. And he explains it to her where Zachariah is muted for his question and kind of demanding Mary is answered. And then she gets to say, yes. So it kind of looking at this passage is important to me because it does to me fill in the parts that maybe I wasn't taught or to look at as a child that like she does question, she does ask, she thinks for herself because then she gives her fiat her yes. And that was her choice. It wasn't like this forced submission, um, Anyways, a little background on my history with this passage and Mary. (laughs) Um, That's such a good point because, like, by saying
0: yes, like she knows exactly what she's getting herself Mm -hmm. into. Mm -hmm. Like, she's not dumb. She knows that she's going to be totally judged because Mm -hmm. even though her and Joseph were betrothed, they weren't at the part of their marriage where they were living together um, yet. Um, And so, like, she know, like, we don't even know what her what her parents' reaction was. Like, and there's, mm-hmm. you know, there's so much we wish we could get out of these gospels right. that we don't get, That like, the, she knows that she's gonna, this is not gonna be an easy dis- path for her,
1: mm-hmm. you know,
0: and yet she's obedient, um, mm-hmm. like, to what the and Lord she chooses. Does I feel like that. Chooses, you know, I talked to yeah. me-
1: yeah, because when we talk about original sin, it's like, oh, well, she how could she say no to God <laughs> she doesn't have sin? But I feel like still this passage shows that she had free will. She had a choice. She asked the question. She pondered it and then still gave her consent and her yes, having given given the full information. Like she was given the full information. Well, the Holy Spirit's going to overshadow you and it's going to, you know, he's going to be great. He's going to be the connection to David. And once she consumes that information she says, still says yes. Like you said, she, she kind of, I don't know. So that kind of, for me starting where I kind of was with Mary, um, this helps me identify with her more and, and, uh, appreciate her. And, you know, I've grown in that relationship over the that's years. That's awesome. That's so awesome. Yeah. yeah. <laughs>
0: um, yeah, I love, I, I, that's so important to remember that like, she does have free will and like, if she had said no, like oh, that's something my students always used to ask me like, well, what if she said no? Mm-hmm. Like well God would have come up with a like God has an infinite amount of plans. Yeah. Like this is clearly yeah. the most awesome plan. Yeah. But, like he would have brought about our salvation another way.
1: Mm-hmm. Um, but, but this was the perfect part this, was this the is perfect the perfect part. way. The perfect plan. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Absolutely.
0: Anything else you I mean there's so much we could say. I love I, know. I love this question that she asks how can this be since I have no relations with a man? And mm-hmm. that's a really good question to focus on for the dogma of her being a perpetual virgin, because if an angel came to you and said, you know, if you were, if you were married and, you know, in a physical relationship with your husband and an angel came to you and said, you're going to have a baby, you'd be like, cool. Like, (laughs) That makes sense. Like if not right now, at some point, yes, we will have a baby. Mm -hmm. So it's really important that she asks, how can this be since I have no relationship with a man? Because if her and Joseph were in a physical relationship, there would be, or if she was anticipating that her and Joseph would be in a physical relationship, you know, in a year, two years, three years, she wouldn't have asked that question. She would have been like, okay, cool. We're going to have a kid. But because she asks this question, it's a huge indicator that she was the, of her perpetual virginity. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And like, she was, mm-hmm. you know, one of the traditions of our, of our faith is that she was a consecrated virgin, which makes sense. Um, because of this line and other little details, um, but that sure. line yeah. is like really important to focus on, I think, when it comes to Mary's perpetual virginity. It makes
1: sense. Yeah, she I mean, she was set aside for a different role. Her right. from the marriage start. and mother as this, you know, like the mother of the son of God, like that's that's different than than other women who are called to, to marriage and family life. Her role from the beginning, as we said, pale full of grace, from the beginning has been set apart. So I think that also is another case for for her perpetual virginity she she was set apart for this mission it's just different it, it's, it's their marriage is a different kind of marriage they were raising the son of god and their family a good model for us but it's it's definitely their roles are hugely different than than ours in salvation history yeah yeah awesome
0: cool anything else you want to mention with this uh With this gospel?
1: No, I think we did a really good job and I appreciate geeking out with someone else who understands scripture and the historical context and the background and everything.
0: I love it. It's my favorite thing, which is why we have the podcasts that we do. Yes. Awesome. Okay, cool. So Julia, I always ask my guests um, to give us a challenge for this week leading up to this Sunday where we will hear these readings. Do you have a challenge for us?
1: Absolutely. I think... um, the theme throughout this with the prophecies fulfilled to me, it shows God made David a promise and a covenant that his kingdom wouldn't end. And then it was fulfilled through Christ. So I I challenge us to think about what promises has God made to us that he has kept and how those promises been fulfilled. And maybe we're waiting for a promise or waiting for our hope, something like a, a vaccine maybe, but we're still, even if we're waiting, what's the good that God is, is using to show us that he will, he, you know, he's, he's working on it. He's working on on fulfilling those. So promises fulfilled. Where are they? How are they working? Where can we find them?
0: That's awesome. Awesome. I love it. Um, Okay. So where can we connect with you and learn more about the podcast and listen to the podcast and all that good stuff?
1: Yeah. So the podcast is called seven mile chats based on the road to Emmaus and two people having a chat and then Jesus appears oh, and you can I love find, it. yeah, <laughs> you can find it on, um, and no one's actually talked to me about, no one's picked the road to Emmaus yet. So if you want to come on the podcast and talk to me about road to Emmaus, there's an opening, um, Woo. but, uh, it's on set uh, at seven mile chats on Instagram. I also have a Twitter account that I use more for teacher stuff. So Catholic education, um, my Twitter is at Miss Struckley, M-S-S-T-R-U-K-E-L-Y-1, the number one. And you can talk to me about scripture or ed- Catholic education stuff. And um, you can find the podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Google Podcasts, the usual. <laughs> awesome. Yeah, please check me out and let me know if you want to talk scripture sometime. I'd love to talk scripture with anyone who's willing.
0: Yay! That's awesome. Yeah. Thank you so much for taking the time, Julie. I appreciate it. Thank you. Thank you for tuning into this week's episode. Please be sure to subscribe to the show so that you never miss an episode. And it would be awesome if you could give us a good rating and review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to the show. Those ratings help us get this message of the gospel out to as many people as possible. You can follow us on Instagram and Twitter at A Shower of Roses and like us on Facebook, Facebook.com slash A Shower of Roses podcast. You can also check out A Shower of Roses for more information about the show or to send us an email or feedback. We'll see you back here next Wednesday. God bless you and have a great week.
1: Lord, let us see your and grants us your salvation. Lord, let us see your kindness, and grants us your
0: salvation.